0: Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello to you. I seem to always say that now. I don't know why. It's just what I picked up. Hello to you. I hope you're all doing well out there. I hope everything's going well. Heading rapidly towards Christmas, certainly towards winter. Um, the end of the year is upon us, basically, which is really weird. is. Happened very quickly, but then I guess we spent half of it in lockdown. Anyway, this week on the podcast, I've been chatting with Smith of Steel. the City. We chat about all sorts of things like how every gig is a really good opportunity, a really great app to manage your band time, which is in the show notes, and exploring musical ideas in songwriting. It's a really good episode. We cover all sorts of things. I'm not going to mess around. Here it is. So, today on the podcast I am joined by Smith of Steel the City. How are you?
1: Um, I'm good. Thanks. How are you doing?
0: Um, all right. Yeah. I've had a a traumatic experience over the last day of getting a wisdom tooth removed, but Oh dear. The, the less said about that the better. But then, yeah, I do
1: not envy on that.
0: No. I yeah. I would not recommend it if you had a choice. Not that people do. Anyway, um my first question for you is from a random question generator as always and <laughs> the the random question generator asks which way should toilet paper hang over or under
1: over always over always got to be over
0: i think i'd agree i think i'd agree
1: i'm even that guy if i go to other people's houses and it's under i'll just sneakily change it around do you it just just looking at it just it does something to my core being
0: and i can't stand it
1: <laughs> i'm not sure i dare i feel rude they never know it's me anyway at least i don't think so i've got away with it this far
0: do, do do you notice that people, when you go back, people have put it back? Sometimes,
1: rarely, but sometimes, but they'll just be like, do "You Whoop.
0: put it back again." Yeah.
1: Oh well, then there's there's some mental mind games been playing with someone else at the room or the party or whatever.
0: Well, it's it's an important thing to make sure you know. I oh, no, I do agree. I do agree. That is the right way to do it. Uh, so, my first serious question, I guess, um, is how did you get into music in the first place?
1: I think collectively all of us just kind of got in through school really. I think it was just go to school realising Kerrang! was a thing back in the day, well probably still is a thing but in a much bigger way back then. uh, Going through all the bands, talking to people at school, sort of getting slowly introduced to rock and metal and all that kind of stuff. And then the whole thing I guess just snowballed from there. I mean from my experience I saw my friend at the time's brother, play a gig at our local village hall. And they played all the stereotypical classics like summer of 69 and you know the first things you learn on guitar and i just remember saying to Mum and dad like oh my god i want to do that that's what i want to do that's what i want to do and they're like oh yeah sure whatever but i eventually nagged them long enough for them to get me a guitar for like my i don't know 10th birthday or something and then here we are obsessed with it still
0: (laughs) it all went downhill from there (laughs) oh yes
1: very expensive (laughs) hobby
0: it, yes yes that's one thing i will say yes being being a musician it's it's cheap to be a singer though isn't it really i mean oh, i guess yeah. you, you might need singing lessons and then
1: well it depends how it, it's it's not cheap to be a good singer
0: <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean i can't well yes the less said about that the better i don't <laughs> want to cause any uh arguments with other people um so you you started learning guitar from about the age of 10 how how did you then get to being in the band how did the band get together
1: so originally it was just, it was sort of two groups of friends who kind of, oh, you know, we should always be in a band, we should always be in a band, and I know, I mean, I've been in, I've been in bands before uh, starting Steel the City, and I think Joe and Ellis, the drummer and now singer, they dabbled with stuff in the past from other people from the school, and it was only eventually where Joe and Ellis were like, oh, we want to be in a band, you know, I know these other guys who want to be in a band, and we just kind of joined these two two best Two groups of best mates practiced in some really, I can't remember where it was, but some really dingy practice room on the other side of Sheffield, you know, once every once a month because Ellis was still at uni at the time, not thinking nothing of it. Ellis came back and then we just just kept going and just kept going in multiple iterations of the lineup and stuff. And we're still, I'm thinking we're probably most dedicated now than we ever have been, which is sort of a good way to go.
0: So, did you all start off as high school friends then and it all kind of came from there
1: essentially essentially it was two. i mean uh it was sort of my friend knew their friend through like some mutual friend and then they started going meeting up together going going out together i eventually met them through my other it just kept going and going and going until we eventually just all linked up as like a big friendship group
0: you mentioned that you started off rehearsing in some uh dingy horrible places i think every every musician can can listen and and understand those kinds of places where where do you rehearse now nowadays
1: so we're we're looking for the minute to have our own our own space that we're rehearsing which is you know we've done the whole hiring out practice rooms for an hour at a time and then we had a sort of a a lock up for a bit that was shared with between a a few other bands and then we have the opportunity to kind of rent our own space which was all our stuff had a little studio attached to it and it's just we it's basically all our second homes at the the minute we just live there when we're not at home or with the other halves it's fantastic really we're so lucky to have it and i think we only realized how much of a big impact it had in the last well probably after lockdown we've just been in all the time trying to get stuff done
0: so you um do you find that having a space that you, you can go to at any time means that you rehearse at some weird times of the day or not really?
1: Not necessarily. Uh, we, we're normally quite, because we, we're all quite busy guys. You know, we've got we've all got jobs and other halves and Joe's now got a little one. Uh, I say just got a little one. I think he's about one now or whatever. But yeah, we, we all live quite busy lives outside of band, So we all kind of, we all still come, you know, once, twice a week, regular intervals. But, even even with that, we all have little backups at home and stuff so when we do come to the room you know we've got stuff we've got so we work on this this week why don't we try this plug it all into the big studio computer and everything it's all good to go but I mean it's it's done it's definitely helped us in more ways than I can possibly begin to describe because I mean there's times we've done like full weeks two three weeks just non-stop in there trying to get stuff done whether it's Rehearsing for a, for a show or new songs or recording new ideas in demos—it's just it just it's just been the biggest help to us. That I you know we were so lucky to have it really because the way we came about it was like it was sent to us from a higher power or something. <laughs> how
0: how did you come across it? Because there'll be lots of bands listening who will listen to that and go that sounds great we you know we spend money on a rehearsal studio each week and we have to set up and pack down and do all that kind of stuff
1: well that's the sense of what it started out was we we got quite pally with the guy who who ran a couple of practice rooms and rented them out every so often and you know it was good he let us keep some of our gear there and we had little lockups and stuff but he eventually decided it wasn't for him anymore He wanted to pursue something else so we got in contact with him like oh you know what's who's who's the People letting it out. What's the deal? What can we buy some of the stuff? I feel like some of the the sound paneling and stuff. So we were quite lucky, in the sense so that we jumped in before it went up to be advertised. To be honest, but I mean before that like, we were looking at other sort of business spaces and we found some good ones. But it was just the amount of work we'd have to and money more so we'd have to put in to get it all proofed and what have you. We we just got incredibly lucky
0: it can get very expensive that kind of thing so yes that you do sound very lucky
1: yeah there was one place we locked up which was which was amazing it's like an underground bunker but it was just completely hollow and it echoed for like six days (laughs) so you just that would have been a year's worth of work just to get that up to scratch and powered and all the rest of it
0: what was your first gig as a band like the first gig for us i mean
1: it was straight, it, it, was, it was, it was, we're all absolutely terrified, and we I mean, not so much me, because I've been playing in bands before, but I think, but then I was always a drummer in other bands, so it was different, but but in, in this sort of, and especially it was because we were really close mates from way back when, now we're all now we're gigging together, there's always that little bit of like, oh, oh they're going to see what we're like, and then all this, you invite all your friends and your family, it's like, oh, it's our first gig, and it's just... It's, it's it was a, a a bit frightening, but you know you come off with the biggest buzz I think you've probably ever experienced. It was it was it was in if I remember rightly it was in a, a venue called South Sea Live in Brunel in Sheffield. If you've ever heard of it, we we went there quite regularly at the time, but it was you know a dive bar, stupidly cheap, probably off beer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great fun and we loved it. And it's just it's just kind of cemented from that we played there a couple of times couple extra gigs yada 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 here we are
0: sounds like a fairly positive experience on the whole
1: oh yeah it wasn't it wasn't bad buying it's just imagination i think we were more just anxious to do it prepped like hell to get to it did it came off with a bit of relief but also like buzzed it's like oh my god we've got that we've got it now we've got the buzz we gotta keep chasing it
0: <laughs> gotta do it again exactly and we did <laughs> indeed, indeed otherwise you wouldn't be still here so, um, have there ever been any nightmare experience gigs where maybe everything went wrong or weird things happened or anything like that?
1: I can't think of anything particularly odd. I mean, we've played some pretty interesting places before. Like we we did a gig at, uh, at the House Skatepark in Sheffield. That was quite interesting. That was a bit of a bucket list thing. Um, it was some some promotional thing for some skateboard company, and they were doing like a, they had a competition and some prizes and stuff. And we were playing on top of like some like hole in the wall on top of the bowl and that was just I mean it was fancy dress and we uh, and we did I think Scooby-Doo or some offshoot of that and that that was a that was a not a bad gig by any stretch of my head, but it was it was one that was interesting and probably one that not a lot of people can say they've done we played oh god it was cool we played, we played a, a drag bar recently in Barnsley for Barnsley Live and that was hilarious. That, I don't think we've ever had just that much banter with people we've never met before at a venue like that. It was just, that was, again, another one off the bucket list. That was fantastic. So in short, no, I don't think we've had any nightmare experiences, just strange ones.
0: Were they your kind of audience in a drag bar? I don't know. Um... <laughs> It was. It was. I
1: won't say they were our audience, but because it was part of like a big sort of event, similar to tramlines, bands alive, uh, it, it were called. But it was. It's just there's always people milling around, and you go for the music, you just kind of end up anywhere. Obviously, you'd have some regulars in, but it seems to go down pretty well. We had a laugh, so that's all we're really interested in.
0: Can't really argue with that. So, have you um, had many gigs since lockdown ended? And if so, what what have they been like for you? Because some of them are very odd, especially when you have people sat down. Yeah,
1: the first the first one we did was at Sydney and Matilda, and that was a seated gig, and that was peculiar. Because it was, you know, all the restrictions have been lifted and stuff, and, we, and we'd and not really met up much before that. So we kind of did everything from home and whatever. But it was just, so we the super hyped for this gig, and everyone sat down, and the whole vibe changes when people are sat down rather than jumping up and down and getting in people's faces. And obviously it's the first game we've done in ages. We're all a little bit rusty, not used to it. You know, playing sat down in your back room with a with dressing gown on is different to being in front of however many people's faces. I don't think it took long for us to get back into it, though, it was just a bit odd at first. And then as the more we've gone, the like, sort of more restrictions have been lifted and stuff, and the more, dare I say, normal it's got.
0: Yeah, it feels like <laughs> a dangerous word to use. Yeah, it?
1: <laughs> but but ho- hopefully it's. I don't, I don't even say anything more about that. <laughs> don't want to jinx it.
0: <laughs> I think everyone everyone understands. Everyone understands. So how did you find it? Like trying to um, amp up people when they're all just sat down at tables and things like that.
1: I mean, you can just do your best, really. I mean, I mean, it, even the gigs we've played were. They've not been particularly the the crowds not be, we've not been to the crowd's taste or there's not been many people there. We always go with the intention of it's even if the gig's dead, it's a free practice. We all love doing it, so may as well have a laugh doing it anyway. So it, it from that aspect, it didn't really change much. You know, we jumped around, we had a laugh, we ran around like idiots, whatever. But it sometimes changes. You, you you've just finished a song, you 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 pop your head up after sweating and screaming your nuts off. And then everyone's just kind of sat down, clapping quite politely, and you kind of go, "Oh, they're enjoying it," but it's just different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I went. I went the first gig I went to, and it was sat down. It was a bit. It was so odd. I enjoyed it, but it was just really weird. It's better than no gigs, definitely. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Certainly, it's a better option. Um, <laughs> so, moving on a bit, how do you write songs as a band? Because you said that. You have facilities at home to put together demos and things like that. Do you tend to kind of um, all bring in individual ideas and then meld it together, or do people write whole songs, or is it a bit of bit of both? Or
1: it's all a bit of a melting pot, to be honest. Um, some people come with full structures. Some people come with three seconds of a riff. Sometimes we'll go into the studio. We'll we'll just go oh, like let's just have a jam for twenty minutes. And then we, we walk out of a 15-minute session with four songs, start to finish. It's just, the only, the only thing I think that we pride ourselves on is that we all have a relatively equal share in it all. So everyone has an input on everything. You know, maybe one, one, one song uh, Joe might write all the guitar to, but that same song everyone else might put towards the lyrics, or oh, then Joe might add the melody, and then it's just all, everyone just throws everything in and something's got to stick at some point and it's worked for us so far but the benefit of that I feel for us is that even the stuff that never is never going to get released you explore an avenue that's maybe a bit odd a bit not what you would potentially write but you explore it you maybe take some ideas from that like, go into the next thing and then it's just it, it, there's lots of sort of creative avenues that have gone down so you can pick bits from different odd ideas or old songs that have got binned or whatever. So it's, it, I feel like that's that's something good that we do. I like the way it works anyway. I'm sure the other guys do. At least I hope they do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think people really underestimate the idea of cannibalising your own music when you're like, well, that's good, but it could be in something better, so let's chop it up and use it elsewhere.
1: We're, we're, we're quite good at that. I know Ellis is... is the best out of all is just going oh here's this random crazy idea that sounds totally bonkers why don't you try it and we sometimes we just kind of look and go what are you on about but then we sometimes we try it and we're like that you know you're totally right that's fantastic but other times you know we'll try that we'll kind of go eh, what about this what about we take this idea and we put this slant on it and then that works and it's just I, I, I like how our writing process I feel like it's all and because we're all you know various groups of mates and stuff there's not really any egos if someone thinks something's not particularly good they'll mention it and, and then try and better it it's never that's awful we're never doing it there's always a dialogue that's had about tweaking it or fitting it into something else or using it for something entirely different
0: you you mentioned as well that you you sometimes jam and get songs that way uh, if i can put it this way if you can explain such a thing ha- how does that work? Because I've been in band situations where I've we've tried jamming and it it just it's been a nice kind of bluesy jam and that's it.
1: I don't. I, th- I think we get lucky. It always starts off as oh, um, here are a handful of songs with this kind of vibe or this maybe section we like, and why, why don't we just why don't you try doing something like that? And then you do and you be like mm, that sounds that sounds like ripping them off. Like okay, right, whatever. And some sometimes it can just be totally. You get into the pocket and you're just off, and you just write something start to finish. Then there's the mad rush of sprinting to the studio, pressing the record button, and trying to do it again before you forget it. I don't know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it just doesn't. It just depends on the day. It depends on the, vi- the vibe you're going with. I don't know. I, th- I think sometimes we... Because we've known each other so long, we, it's quite easy to pick up on what other people's style is. So if you know... Like, for example... Ellis has got a specific style and likes going this direction with certain fills and things, you can play to sort of match that from the off because we know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and styles. So then off the back of that, you essentially write the demo for the of City track.
0: That's fair enough. I like that description of jamming and how it works. It's quite, it's quite good. I
1: think that's probably the best description I'm ever going to give because it's just so hard to explain because... Unless you're there in it and you're doing it and you just get into the flow of it, it's it's such an odd process to try and explain. It is
0: kind of very impulsive, isn't it? And very um, organic, that's the word I'd use. Hmm. So you mentioned that you um, do recording um, as well. Do you, do you actually record the, um, if I can put it this way, the actual music rather than the demos at your place as well?
1: Well, that is the plan. I mean, our most recent single we did all ourselves, which... I never thought we were ever going to get there, if I'm being brutally honest. There were so many times where we'd, we'd spend a good innings, a good weekend, or a good few days solidly on it. We'd come back to it the next week and just go, oh, it's awful, this is, this is it's just not right, it's just not right. But uh, the, the, intention, the intention is now to give it a good go at doing it ourselves. Until If things change in the future, sure, we're not precious about it, but for us now, it, the best way to do it is to do it ourselves.
0: What, why is that? Why do, you, why do you feel that's the best way to go at the moment? Yeah, I think it's just simply
1: for ease, you know, because we, we, it's, one, it's one place, it's all relatively local to us. We don't have to book out entire weeks. We can just all, like, all oh, right, so two of us goes in tomorrow, we're going to track drums, do that. Next day, someone comes in on their own and does bass, for example, and then as it gets close to the end, more and more people come in to collectively hear it all together. Whereas if you had to do that in a studio setting, you'd have to book a week, two weeks, a month, depending on how much you're going to record. All sit there, all listen to each other's bits. Even when you know if there's one member who doesn't really know much about drums, they've got to sit there and be present for however many, however long, throughout the pro. It's just it works for us at the minute, and I don't think we're in a position to put a, a big lump sum on recording and. Just the time as well, especially with us all having so much going on outside a band, this way just works wonders for us. And then we can invest more time into doing the videos and all the little bits and bobs and maybe slightly better gigs because we've got more leeway with other halves from not being disappeared for two weeks.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, getting leeway with your um, wife or girlfriend is challenging at times, isn't it, with that kind of thing, (laughs) it's fair to say.
1: I mean, we, we we all have quite an understanding other arts, so we're we're very uh, lucky in that sense. But at the end of the day, we don't want to totally forget everything else exists.
0: You you mentioned as well that you, your earlier recordings weren't as good. I've I've got to say, for anyone who's thinking about it, recording yourself as a band can be very war- rewarding, but the learning curve is so incredibly steep on recording. It's vicious.
1: Oh oh wow yeah uh, yeah, I mean. It's, it's just, we've gone through so many iterations of like recordings that we're in the process of doing at the minute, and to be fair, we've found a bit of a niche, and with James joining us relatively recently, he's got so much, uh, probably more knowledge than the other three of us put together, times by about 10, he's just so into it, he gets the whole nuance of it, and what sounds good, and where things should be like, given time to breathe, and everything needs to come into... He's just got it, he knows it, he's studied it, he's done it for years, he's been a producer, he's just, he he can really help us out where before we'd be essentially three people with varying amounts of knowledge bumbling through it, stumbling across things almost by accident going, oh, that sounds really, really good, where James would just go, oh, there you go, that's it, done, 20 seconds, that sounds great. So I think with, especially now, with that extra bit of knowledge and skill, as much as I don't want to... Blow his trumpet too hard. Uh, I feel like we're, on, we're we're going to be onto a winner for this next stuff, at least for the for the next one. The ones after that, we'll see.
0: Do you find that he's um, he's got that ability to see the I guess the bigger picture of the song as well? Because there's certain musicians um, who just have that skill to look at the entire piece in the round. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he he does have some bias towards some instruments because of of the the instruments he's used to playing but I feel like where everybody else sits in it has a different stance on where they want it to be. So because we have four... They're not totally different, but four very different avenues of coming to a similar conclusion, we allow ourselves to pull pull the recordings into different areas or at least try different techniques and stuff to kind of get a more uh, probably fair mix of everything rather than just being you know, you'll know this, you get a guitarist and he goes, I want all guitars screaming throughout it all and nothing else. You know, I feel like we're we're quite good at not doing that.
0: Getting the right balances. Just with,
1: exactly. And especially with him being a producer before, he's had to deal with stuff like that. He knows where stuff should sit.
0: The, the best, you may choose to use this band, you may not. Um, it's the best piece of advice I ever heard about mixed feedback. Is that if you feel like, as, uh, this is me speaking as a mix engineer if you feel like the band is going to kind of everyone's going to want themselves to be louder the the rule you can put down and this can work within a band setting as well is everyone is allowed to comment on every instrument except their own and it means that every, it, just, it just kind of unlocks the idea that you should be focusing on the whole thing and how is it all relating it, can, it might be helpful to you, I don't know
1: no, that, that's that. I'd never thought it that way. That's quite, maybe a good skill to use. To be fair, can
0: help. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't, but it can help.
1: No, I like that. I like that a lot. That's good. That.
0: <laughs> How is the band managed? Is there someone who is definitely in charge of things, or do you share out jobs? Or we we loosely share jobs.
1: I mean, well, <laughs> I say loosely. It's probably it's not actually that loose. Really, like so. We we do have sort of. I'll say manager who helps us out with lots of gigs make sure make sh- sure we're all right we're not falling out um just it's it's just, it's an, it's a, an extra sort of set of eyes from the outside looking in and, you know and she you know she helps us out with a lot of stuff uh, eliza we often call her our band mum because that is literally what she is for the most part but she she does help us out quite a lot with some gigs we've had in the past and getting us some good opportunities um Joe's Mr. PR, which is great. Which is great because he's a singer. He's just you'll talk to anybody and everybody forever. Which you need one of those kind of people. He's so clued up with social media. He's fantastic. Like we'd be nowhere near (coughs) as organised as we are now without Joe. So credit to him. Um, James obviously's got a helm. Is looking after a lot of the recording. He's probably the the main guy for that then everyone else chucks their two cents with the bit of knowledge they have i'm looking into doing a lot of the um sort of video stuff which is coming soon ish in the in the near future which is going to be interesting that's a new avenue we're going to explore with youtube and trying to just document everything we're doing whether it's tour diaries rig rundowns playthroughs all that kind of stuff so i'm looking forward to that and Ellis just kind of runs as a bit of a manager as well, to be honest. He kind of keeps the peace between everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, st- like Throws his two cents into everything, gets a bit involved in everything, and there's like a second set of eyes for almost all of it, which is great because sometimes, if especially, if especially if for social media, for example, when Joe is doing that constantly, sometimes he just needs someone to just take, take it off him for a, a week or whatever just so he can recoup do other stuff get his little ducks in a row to come back to it so that's where ellis ellis floats between everything i'd say so we do all do have obviously then these are the instruments we play <laughs> but you that's know, a
0: given <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so we we, we we take it quite seriously i'd say we we all want it to succeed and we all still love it so we're all wanting to put the time in so it's not really a, a big loss
0: it's, it's very important Having having a band member who isn't all in can be very difficult when everyone else is.
1: Definitely. I've been in situations like that before in previous bands. It's very frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally is. Do you um how do you work out what you want to do as a band? So obviously you you know, you have your your plans where you go, you know, we're gonna gig and we're gonna do these, I don't know, two, three gigs and then we're gonna record this song and it's gonna get released on this date, that kind of thing. How do you plan that kind of thing do you all just decide what you want to do or there's
1: there's lots of meetings involved lots of band meetings involved and uh, um we do always i mean there's always a constant stream of messages going on anyway through the through the um the app we use anyway also if you're in a band get the the it's an app called band and it's the best thing in the world oh i didn't know about this it's incredible Literally, so you can you, you invite people to it. It's a little bit like a mini Facebook. So everyone, like what we do when we're booking gigs and stuff, our rule is we have a big group calendar with all four of us. Well, four and then other half so they can see what we're doing and if whatever. <laughs> but if if there's a day where we get offered a gig, or there's an opportunity to play a gig, if there's nothing in the calendar, we book it. So if we if we're going to see another band, or we're on holiday, or we we need to book a day off to do whatever it's all in the calendar. So when it comes to booking, especially if you've got a manager or an agent for example, they can just scroll through this, like oh, they're not doing anything that day, book this gig. It's and then you've got group chats in within that and you can share it's just amazing. It's the best thing in the world. Get it. Just if you're in a band and it's a nightmare trying to organize gigs, get it. Cause it's amazing.
0: I've never heard of it. it sounds wonderful.
1: I don't even know, I don't even know how we stumbled across it. I, I don't know if Ellis found it way back when, but it's, it's it, we would not function as well as we do now <laughs> without it.
0: So is it basically just a big shared calendar? Is that its main role? I mean, that's
1: that's the thing I found most u- useful. But, like, that, that's, in terms of booking gigs and stuff, it's all that. And then if we if we need to have, like, a specific, maybe once a month we'll have a chat with ourselves and sort of our band mom and our manager and stuff, we'll, we'll all pencil that in all the big chat, what's his plans, where do we want to go, da-da-da-da. And, it's, and it's, all, it's all done quite democratically I suppose everyone throws an idea and we all kind of vote on it or not vote but discuss it what's best all the rest of it and it's just it just it just works the way we the way so far the way we've done it just seems to work
0: Then you can't ask for more than that can you I can't
1: I can't but it's it's, it's just in terms I, I, one philosophy we do stick by is, is giggins just I mean we love it it's worth playing any venue at least twice at the very least You know, like, we're not one of these bands to be like, oh, we've heard that this one place is really rubbish. Play it, play it once. All right, it might be a bad day. Play it again. If it's, you know, if you're really having a bad time, then maybe consider looking somewhere else in a similar city. It's not, you know, it's just... I mean, we've played some, we've played all sorts of places and we've got to continue to play lots of places because we want to get in as many different corners of the UK, if not the world, eventually as we can so we're not really picky about anything like that and then when it comes to recording time and booking stuff like that it's just on the on the chat right who's busy on this day I can come in right so then three of us or two of us will come in we'll do a bit of time everything's logged in the on the cloud and stuff so we can keep coming back to when it's just it's probably the most organized part of my life to be (laughs) honest (laughs) (laughs) which is fantastic it's it's the one I'm most interested
0: in (laughs) That's fair enough. I'll, I'll put a link um, to the band app in the show notes. Um, I'm going to have a look for it and I will link it for anyone who wants to have a look because that sounds pretty useful for every band ever, to be honest. Uh,
1: if, you're str- if you're struggling, I'll try and get you a link to it and I'll send you, but it here because it's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, sounds it, it does sound wonderful. I w- I I'd recommend everyone at least have a look at it. What would you say has been the biggest success of the band so far? And that can be, in your opinion, rather than everyone's, and it can be either one event or a big thing or, or whatever it may be. I mean, there's a few. You can say a few. I'll let you have a few.
1: So the first time we played, we played with any like band that we've heard of like, that are popular, so we played with Skin Dread. On, we, we, like, we opened for them at, what, at a Halloween show, I, don't know, I think it was four years ago. or so in Chesterfield, and then we played the same uh, sort of event as them. I think it was Winter Rocks. I could have got that totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Winter Rocks two or three years ago. That was bizarre because you see them walking around and you see them sound checking, and you just watching them like, oh "My God, this, these, 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 this is their job. This is what they do." Uh, there was another instance of that where we supported um, uh Hemis Basement, and. I think it was Glamour the Kill. Yeah, Heaven's Basement, Glamour the Kill, which was bonkers because at the time Heaven's Basement was like my favourite band. That was that was <laughs> I was a bit starstruck that day. Um, and then more recently, I'm chuffed with our 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 new single came out. If I'm being totally obnoxious, I thought that when we recorded the video and stuff, it was just it 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 was a great it was a great day. We had a good time doing it. the The final product, in my opinion, is just amazing. It looks like it was a good laugh. It was a good laugh. The song sounds good. It sounds better than our previous stuff, and I'm legitimately so chuffed with how that turned out. And I must have watched that music video like a million times already, and I'm still not bored of it. I think it's great. Stuff is something I'll, I'll, I'll look back on for years and years and years, which is the purpose of doing it in my eyes.
0: I think that's that's. They're all very good. Uh, moments and things to be honest and the the thing I always say to bands um, in, 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 as often as I can about releases is as long as your release is better than the one before, whatever that looks like for you, then that's really important and it sounds like for you this latest release is, is doing that So
1: yeah, and, and, but don't don't get wrong, that's something we've got to be going on with the next release and then you know the all the next stuff that we're doing, it's always going to be trying to bet the last thing which at some point might get stressful because they'll get to a point where, we've, where we thought it was the best it could possibly be. And somehow we've got to better that. But <laughs> you've got to give it a damn good
0: try. It depends how you define success, though. Because there's obviously like the the musical achievement of it and if you're doing video as well, the kind of, um, I was going to say image achievement. I know what I mean. Videographic achievement. One of those things um, of it. Um, but there's also the kind of The metrics, so you know, on a given release, how many extra followers did you get? How many streams did you get on various platforms? Things like that. That is another way of measuring it. That maybe, maybe a bit less stressful in some ways because it's not reliant on what you're doing in quite the same way.
1: No, but if if you have one really good release and the next one's maybe not as good, you have to pick yourself up and kind of come. It's all right, you know. You're still enjoying it. You're still doing it. It's not all about the numbers at the end of the day.
0: But then it's a good opportunity to work out. What can you do better for the next one? What what could be done more efficiently, or whatever it needs to be?
1: That's one. Th- that's one thing I'm I'm eager to see is just how how the next lot of stuff goes down because because we I like to think we have a bit more of an idea at the minute. You know, we've had a couple more opportunities come our way, which are you know quite a long way away from where we were when the, the our first EP came out. So I'm hopefully thinking <clears throat> it might it might do a bit better. If not we've still had a great time doing it. We'll try better with the next one, you know.
0: So my um penultimate question I guess is what goals do you have for the band in the next 6 months to a year or so? Next EP. It's probably the first his first one
1: uh next year for definite because we've we've got we've got the first release to show, you know. We've not done it for a long time. Fair. <laughs> but you know we're, we're, we're working on stuff now we've got st- we've got stuff ready we've got stuff in the pipeline we've got stuff we are now well in the next few days we're going to begin recording and then we're, we're off and the next EP is coming out we'll have time to get it like time for promoting it and advertising and all that stuff and then we're good and we're going to be prepared because this last release was a lot of hard work and we didn't want to There was a bit of a time frame because if we do it too late, it falls behind all the Christmas stuff that comes out. So we were kind of, if we can get it out in good in good time before December or even mid-November comes around, people might see it a bit more and then all the rest of it. But yeah, next EP is coming out. A lot of gigs, more music videos, just more stuff that we've been sat on for now essentially two years because of COVID and all, all the rest of it. Get it recorded, get it out. Here you go, we then have something to promote when we go gigging all over the country, which we're all absolutely incredibly <laughs> excited for
0: yeah, and then you can move on to the next the next thing the next songs maybe ones you haven't been sat on for a couple of years because that can get very frustrating if you're just waiting to release it in a way
1: but I mean it's not it's not just stuff we've been sat on for two years that we're always writing new things, which is the best thing about it, cause it's it's not. It's not like we've, oh, we've, had, we've had all these songs sat for ages and we're obsessing over just these handful of songs. There's, there's new songs coming out now, which are better than some of the songs that we've been sat on for two years. So it's like, well, we've got now, what, 30 songs just sat chilling? Casual. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff we can, be, we can be working on there. So we've got a lot to go at and there's new stuff happening all the time and new avenues we're exploring. It's just, It's exciting. but it's it's from where we're sat we're just sat on a lot of stuff and none of it's really ready to do anything with yet but it will be soon definitely there'll be another release next year like for sure
0: so finally to close out the podcast i'd like to ask your favorite song from the band or it could be in this case maybe the latest song from the band uh to play at the end of the podcast so uh which song is it and why
1: it has got to be an single because I never thought it would actually get done to the level it's been done at, and also I didn't really think it was going to get done anyway. Anyway, because I personally got so stressed with it, I I was just couldn't see an end. But we saw an end. We did the end, and we got it done. So it'd have to be. Annually single supremacy.
2: Excellent.
0: Well that's as good a reason as any. Um, so this is Steal the City with Supremacy. Smith, it's been really great to talk with you.
1: Thank you very much for having us, it's been fantastic.